podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. Phone-in elements of these shows are not available, but if you'd like to comment or give us feedback on our shows, you can tweet us at Love Sport Radio. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. Alternatively, you can find this and other podcasts on iTunes or Spotify using the keyword Love Sport. You are listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I am joined in the studio with We Are West Ham, Will Pugh and James Jones, who are back together. I'm, I'm ecstatic about this. It's been two weeks. Will's had a substitute. James has had a substitute. But the dream team are back in the building. That's what I'm doubling them. It's good to see them both. We're going to be talking about the game with Sheffield United on the weekend because, as Will said, he hates Sheffield United. It was one he was looking forward to. Maybe not the result he was looking forward to because it was 1-1. We're going to be talking all about that. And the game on the weekend, delighted to say, will be joined by Aaron Stokes from the Daily Star Sport to give us a preview of that Newcastle game. And of course, it is tradition. I know you're waiting for it. The West Ham quiz is back this week. Who is ready to take the lead after, as Will puts it, his mammoth comeback? I'm very excited about that one. But... Let's get to it. And also, we have a very, very special guest joining us at quarter past seven. So stay around for that one. I'll reveal all a little bit closer because Will will tell us a little bit about it. It is a special guest. But let's start at the very top. It was the Blades on the weekend. Tevez Gate. It wasn't the three points that you were hoping for. 1-1. But Will, what did you make of the performance? Dross. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I, I, I was, that's why I was going to come to you. I thought James was going to do the rant. Uh, I... <laughs> Get it off your chest, Dross. Get it Dross. off your chest. I've been asked about it time and time again bad. since the weekend. Meet for beer after. No, I don't no. like that. That's I poor did, form. I did meet him for a beer before, though. So I don't but know But did that you counts. promise that you'd meet him after? No, no, it was very much, uh, I'll give you a call. Oh, you'll never guess what as well. I was only hospo this week, and James wasn't. I've got to say oh, that. you've been kicked <laughs> out. He was in hospo. Tables oh. of turn. And, and he, he really downplayed it as well. He went, oh, well, you know, no, it's, no, it's, yeah, it is what it is, you know. I can't and like I, look a bit Look at you wearing a shirt it. and jumper tonight. <laughs> now you're part of the corporate crowd. <laughs> Very disappointed. No, I thought it was dross. Yeah, just the worst thing. I, I did call it before. One thing that's important to note is mm. that last week, anyone who listens to the podcast, who's listened to it recently, will know that I guessed one all. I said that before. I said it last week. I said it was going to be dross. It was going to be one of those games where we it wasn't very nice to watch. Sheffield United were going to turn up and be organised, which they did. I didn't think they were as good as Crystal Palace, who beat us, obviously, at the London Stadium a few weeks ago. No, it was just really frustrating. And it was one of those things, and I know everyone's got a story like this, where they feel like they've tempted fate or something like that. I'm not one to believing all that sort of thing normally, but watching the game, one new up, and it was still fairly, you know, it was nothing to really write home about, but it was one of them where I thought, oh, we do need the three points here. And a friend of mine who I was sitting next to turned to me and he said, oh, this is all right, isn't it? On you know, Just shortly before Crystal Palace equalised, we were one new up, 
oh, this is all right, isn't it? It's going pretty well. And I said, well, yeah, yeah, but don't worry. They'll get an absolute goal out of nothing in a minute because it's just it's one of those games. We're not we're not racing after it. We're not trying to kill the game off. We're not trying to get that second. It was just one of those pedestrian games. And sure enough, they get an equaliser just out of absolutely nothing, just the softest goal ever. And you just think, ah, yeah, shock. It was almost like, as it was playing out in front of me, I was so certain of what was going to happen before when we spoke about it last week. And in the whole lead up to the game, I just didn't really feel like we were going to come out and grab it by the scruff of the neck. That's exactly what happened. Well, just very quickly, uh, if you agree or don't agree with Will, you can let us know by tweeting us at Love Sport Radio or calling us on 0208 70 20 558. And also, if you want to watch us, you can on YouTube now. We're streaming the show and we'll try to get through all of your questions on there as well. James, Will said it was dross. Normally, you have the rant. You're smiling now, but what did you make of it? Because weirdly... And I feel like West Ham are mixed on this. Pellegrini said, you know, he didn't think it was dross. West Ham dominated the game and they were quite good and unlucky not to get the three points. Yeah, it's, it's a strange one because as I walked out the ground, all my mates were... Well, you was expecting to meet Will. I was expecting to meet Will. <laughs> and uh, I was looking forward to that, actually. <laughs> uh, but no, it was... All my mates were absolutely livid. Absolutely livid they were, but I, for some reason I don't know whether it's just because I had more beers in there and I was a little bit more placid. But I was a little bit more like, well, you know, did we really expect anything more? I know we we did. We should we, we should expect to be beaten Sheffield United uh, at home, given the the amount of money we spent on our squad compared to them and the fact they've just come up to the Premier League and on paper we're a far better side than they are. But they have been pretty good this season, mm. and I think. That's why I wasn't overly surprised with the result. Obviously, I wasn't here last week to to preview the game, uh, and I probably would have said, you know, okay, we don't particularly like Sheffield United after what's happened that you know a decade ago, whatever it was, probably more longer than that now, isn't it? Mm. Um, but you know, they have been pretty good defensively. That you know, we can't expect to rock up and win three four nil, which we probably would have done in years gone by. Um, they're just a little bit. They've been pretty good since they've come up. We can't expect to go, uh, just to, to rock up and, and get three points. They did well to 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 stop us from scoring more because we had our chances. Okay, some of our chances we should have done a lot better with. But you know, they keep we did pull off a couple of saves. And um, I'm not saying a one-all draw is acceptable because it's not. But I will go as far as saying I wasn't surprised with the result. And I don't know why anyone is surprised with the result because we're West Ham United and this is the sort of thing we do. Well, it's very interesting because we have had a tweet into the studio. This one is from Glenn. It says, no chance now for top six. Forget it. The club is not progressing at all. That feels very harsh to me, Will. Uh, such a small sample uh, that we can go on in the Premier League season. What do you make of that tweet? Uh, that's... Uh, <laughs> I'm still thinking and the past few weeks I would you know when James went on his rant after the Crystal Palace game which no but you did didn't you you know you you were probably less angry this week surprisingly than you were after Palace I thought Palace were a lot better side I was actually at Arsenal on Sunday as well and I watched the watched them play again and they they'd done exactly the same they were fantastic against Arsenal so I'm still not too annoyed about the Palace result because I, I think they're a good side. I was more annoyed at the weekend because I don't think Sheffield United are that good. But as far as Glenn's tweet goes about the club not progressing, I still think you've got to remember how many games we've played. We, we've we said it time and time again that it was always going to be a lull. I still think we're you know, just, just one win off of off of that curve of like mm. expectation that I've been that I was talking about, the curve of pre season expectation, sorry. 
I, I don't I think it's too soon to say that to be honest I think the the club's not progressing I was having a conversation today talking funny enough my boss at work is a Newcastle fan talking to him about the game this weekend you should have got him on opposition view <laughs> absolutely <laughs> but he was uh, yeah he was saying he, he said to me so come on then what, what is a what's a good season for West Ham then and I said Honestly, 7th or 8th, you just want to see progress. 10th last season, if we get another couple of places this year, that's okay. I think it would be more frustrating because the teams normally who occupy those places above you know, 8th or 9th or 7th or whatever look worse this season. I, I don't think you can be as strong as that yet, in my opinion, that to say the club is not progressing because you can only really call that much further into season really really at the at the end of the year because it's still it's still 38 games mm. it's still three points for every win yeah I th- <laughs> I, I, here it comes I, I don't I don't think I, I, I do agree with you I, I think it's, it's harsh to say that we're not progressing uh, the only thing that annoys me and I said this to you before when when we met before the game for a drink uh, at the weekend that you know after Leicester had smashed Southampton 9-0 and not not in any World, am I saying that we should have we should have beaten Sheffield United nine nil or anyone nine nil for that matter? Um, but we we have what it takes to put on a performance like that against teams that either don't show up or or aren't as good as we are. And we have you know we have the ability to to actually beat teams, not just win against them, but actually beat them. But we don't, and I think that's our problem. That's why we're not you know, fulfilling the expectations of some fans who, who think that we should, and, and rightly so, given what's happened in recent years with the stadium moving, the promises from the board, fight for Champions League, apparently, a game at the top six. You know, expectation is high at West Ham, and, and absolutely that's absolutely right. But it's not going to happen if we're not prepared, the players and the manager and whatever else, aren't prepared to beat teams. And when I say beat, I mean actually put four or five goals past the side. Actually beat someone. And we, we haven't got that about us. We don't have that ruthlessness, ruthlessness about us. And the fact that we went, what, four or five games unbeaten early in the season, and at one point we bought third or fourth after five games, and everyone went, here we go, we finally arrived. Uh, and then we haven't won in five. Um, and suddenly everyone's like, oh, it's a nightmare. We're going to go, we're going to go down. And it's like, you know, this is... This is West Ham season of of every West Ham season I've ever known. It's you know one minute you're on a high, next minute you're on a low, and you think we're going to get relegated, and probably in a couple of months' time we'll be like, but you know we're back in the top six race. Um, but I just want us to see us beat teams like like Leicester are doing at the moment. They thrash Newcastle, they thrash Southampton. You know until we do that and we do that consistently. I'm not saying we should do a city and just thrash everyone every week, but actually put teams to the sword a little bit and actually show everyone that actually no we do we, we do mean this and until we do that this is what it's going to be like forever the one thing I will say is though and this is I feel like I've sort of hit the nail on the head when we've been talking about the club over the past few weeks and with these results what I feel like with West Ham at the moment is we are a club who historically and in recent times certainly are not used to being the favourite going into the majority of games I feel like there's everyone else in the league, whether you take it off of salary size or whatever it is, looks at West Ham and goes, they are probably the seventh or eighth most dangerous team in the league this season. And we're not used to that. Which And with that, that means that teams come to your ground and... Whereas in the past they might have gone, oh, you know, we'll, we'll take some, we'll take a win here. We could actually get something. <laughs> a lot more teams are a lot more willing to go. Nope, we'll sit behind the ball. We'll, we'll take a point, and we're sort of in that transition between 
our players and the, the mentality of the club has been one for so long where, certainly in the Premier League, where you go to other grounds and we're the team going, oh, we'll be lucky to get a point here or we should hold on for a point or we might be at a nick a win or we'll let them have more of the ball. And ultimately, now, we're not like that anymore. Teams are quite happy to come to London Stadium let us have the ball. And even when we go to other teams' grounds, they go, well, West Ham are good. They've got some really good players, so we'll let them have the ball. But we're just not used to that yet. We haven't done it for long enough. We're not used to games unlike Man City, Chelsea, Liverpool, and even Tottenham now have been doing it for a few years. So in training every week, their players and their managers, they'll train for, look, we're going to have at least 60% possession this weekend. So what we'll do, we'll train with as if we're playing against the other team or there are two banks of defenders. West Ham are only just coming into that as that's only just part of the club's mentality now. So during the week at training, we've still got six teams or six or seven teams above us probably where we have to go into games where we're not like that. We can't just attack. So I just feel like we're in that weird sort of transitional bit in the middle where we're not a big enough or a good enough club to every single week know that it's all right, we're going to have 60% possession like some of the teams further up the league do. And I think the last few weeks have just screamed that because we're not training enough to play against teams who where we're going to dominate them. And it's just frustrating because I look at us against Sheffield United and everyone, it's so easy to go, we should beat Sheffield United, we should beat Crystal Palace. It's like, well, yeah, but we're not used to just dominating and picking off teams when they're just sitting... 10 men behind the ball I do think you have it the nail on the head there I think that's a very valid point you raised but does that come down to Pellegrini should he be now telling this team you know he should be used to the players he's got we're going to have this possession we need to work on what we're going to do when we get it but it does help when you know the, there was a big question mark on Roberto coming in as keeper when you can break away that uh, quick knock it upfield and let's talk about uh, obviously the, the one touch pass from Yarmolenko obviously that was absolutely world class mm. straight into Snodgrass beautiful finish as well you've got to be pleased with that and Snodgrass on a day absolutely fantastic the West Ham fans didn't want to see him go off did they Will? Just, you're right but just quickly on that last point you, you've got to find a balance haven't you it's no good Pellegrini just going into training every single week and going right we're gonna. We're mm. just gonna work on on teams that are just gonna sit behind because we're not. We're st- you know we've had an easy start to the season. We've still got Chelsea, Liverpool, Tottenham, and Arsenal to come in the next however many weeks it is. And those games, we, it, there's no point. You know, just going gung ho because you get picked apart. So you do have to find the balance. But I, I just think that's that. That's. But where it's we're also at no moment. good if he says, "Oh, we dominated and we haven't come." You don't no, tell exactly. us we've dominated, exactly. and then we're not exactly. we're not w- working with it. Uh, we are going to go to a break because we do have a very special guest joining us when we come back, and we are absolutely delighted to have him on. You will know more next. For the fans, by the fans, Love Sport Radio. You are listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, and I'm joined in the studio with We Are West Ham, Will Pugh and James Jones. And I'm delighted to say we are now also joined by a very, very special guest, John Joe Hearman. John Joe, thank you so much for joining the show tonight. It is a real pleasure for all of us to have you with us. We know you're a huge Hammers fan, but we want to talk about your incredible charity work. Can you remind everyone how you got on this journey of starting all the brilliant charity work you do John Joe? Well um, in 2009 I unfortunately lost my uh, grandmother to bowel cancer and uh, one of the, the big legends at West Ham Bobby Moore also passed away from the same disease and um, I just decided that I wanted to do something special in memory of them and um, in memory of every um, everybody else who's passed away from cancer and I started off by doing a charity walk. 
Evening, John Joe. Was Will here? It's great to have you on. We do appreciate you joining us tonight. One one of the things, obviously, you've done you know countless things before, and you've raised hundreds of thousands of pounds for the Bobby Moore Fund so far. But the reason we wanted to get you on tonight, so seen it in the news, the the Sun covered a piece on you. Did an interview with the Sun in the week about the work you're doing to relocate some of the bricks from Upton Park, the commemorative bricks, the people that had names engraved and stuff like that. So tell us a little bit about, about the project and, and what you're trying to do at the moment. Well, the the project actually began uh, halfway through the ground's demolition because uh, we we came to the ground um, to ask the demolition company if they had any bowling seats that we could auction off right. uh, for the charity. And... Um, we came across the uh, the commemorative brick wall, and uh, they they said to us that they really couldn't take a wrecking ball through them because they had sentimental value to people. And uh, we decided that uh, the stories behind them are really important and they they should be treasured. So we took them all in and we wanted to return them back to the original owners. So how many were there in the first place? Probably well over about a thousand maybe 1,200. Okay, and then, and because then, I've seen a few of your, um, obviously there's a lot of success stories and stuff so far on, on Twitter and on Facebook and stuff like that. How many have you actually relocated with fans at the moment? I'd probably say that we've given over half of that back. Right, okay. We still have a good, like, 500 left. And you're, because you're storing them at your house, aren't you? Yes, yeah. We, um, we originally had them closer to the old stadium, but um, we had to move them. So they're now stored at our house and we do like collection dates and we also do deliveries to, to people as well if That's they come forward. Excellent stuff. So if there's anyone listening tonight, which we, we hope there will be, who, who had one of the commemorative bricks at Upton Park, what what's, what would you what do they have to do to to get in touch with you at the moment in the hope of um, Yeah, so to get to get in touch with me, um you can search me up on any social media, Facebook, Twitter, um or you can go to my website, which is www.fananiandbobby.com. And on that website, there is a big page about the bricks and how you can claim them. John Joe, what will uh, happen to the bricks that maybe aren't uh, like reclaimed and stuff and that you obviously can't send over to people? Is there any plans for those bricks? Um, at the moment, no. Um, we're just keeping them until uh, owners come forward about them. But um, we, we do want to try and do something with them in a very special way uh, to show them off. So we'll see what happens. John Joe, is there with with all this this stuff? Is there is this just a, a like a feel good thing you're doing just to try and you know reconnect reconnect some of the fans with with obviously you know things that might have sentimental value to them? Or is this is there a charity element to this as well? Um, no, this is simply just to give them back to people um, where they can the people can happily. Uh, donate if they want to we're not asking um, for donations like you don't have to if you don't want to um, we just want to give these bricks back because I know that if I had a brick at Upton Park and I didn't know where it was I would want it back too so um, this is why we do what we do because we want to just give them back to everybody John Joe is there anything else in the pipeline from, from you mate because you know you've as we've already established you've done some fantastic work for, for the Bobby Moore Fund and for, for charity over the years and you know I think most West Ham fans sort of know you know know your face very well and uh, absolutely love what you do uh, is there anything else in the pipeline that fans could get involved with um, well at the moment we're trying to come up with a new challenge to do but uh, one one thing that I can confirm is that um, 
a big dream of mine. I'm actually going to be doing the London Marathon next year. Fantastic. Um, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. We're going to get um, a big shirt made with all the um, names of people who have passed away from cancer that we get sent in. And uh, that's just a way that we can... Uh, create. It's a, it's a way that we can uh, represent them people and uh, give them um, a good message. Absolutely great. How's the training going? Um, it is going well. Um, yeah. <laughs> I haven't sound too convinced. Bit of hesitancy there, John Joe. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going well. Um, I mean, I'm not playing football anymore, so the fitness is kind of it's kind of gone a bit. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's coming back. It's coming back. <laughs> excellent. What What do you uh, sort of away from away from all the excellent work you're doing? What What do you think about it on the pitch? We were just we we're talking before about a little bit of frustration, obviously, at the weekend's results and the results from uh, a few weeks before. I assume you still still go down there very regularly. What What you made of the season and uh, the team so far this year? Well, um, I think we had a good window, a good transfer window, and uh, we had a very good start to the season. Uh, being a season ticket holder, I've been to all the home games so far. We had a good start. Um, I think we're just going through a bit of a rough patch at the moment. People uh, are picking sides whether they want Pellegrini in or they want an out or they want this or that. I think we just need to uh, keep faith in, in, in the board and just the manager and hopefully uh, we'll get results coming our way soon. Yeah, John Joe. I mean, thanks very much for joining us tonight. We do appreciate, it. and I think I think everyone uh, everyone agrees as well. All the, all the great stuff you do for West Ham is really appreciated. But if anyone obviously wants to get in touch with you about the bricks, and they can just get in touch with you on social media, just remind us of your Twitter handle again. So my Twitter handle is just John Joe Human, all in one word. Well, John Joe, we'll be making sure and hoping that West Ham fans check you out so they can hopefully uh, claim back those bricks that you have. John Joe, hopefully we'll get you on a future show and you can tell us how you're doing for your marathon training. John Joe Heerman there, uh, the brilliant charity work that he has done, obviously already raised over 350000 uh, for that Bobby Moore fund. Absolutely incredible work. Just before we spoke to John Joe, we were talking about that Yarmolenko goal and that touch and obviously that Snodgrass performance. We didn't really get into it because we were getting John Joe on. Will, what did you make of Snodgrass on the day? Uh, first of all, I thought it was excellent to see Pellegrini shake up the team a bit. because mm. I thought Did it, it need that? Absolutely. Well, 100%. I mean, we could see from the games before, especially Everton, the performance at Everton was, was abysmal. Crystal Palace was what it was and... We've you know we've covered that I think enough times. Now, it's also abysmal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but again I disagree. But anyway, we've definitely covered the Crystal Palace. <laughs> we've definitely covered Crystal Palace enough. Everton was tragic. That was the worst performance of the season. Mm. So I think fair enough because you've got to keep these people on their toes. I think it was good to drop Lanzini. I personally would have dropped Anderson. And I was a massive mixed opinion amongst amongst fans on him. I think he needs a bit of a a bit of a rocket up the backside a little bit to be honest. And I think it was a good idea to keep them on their toes. I thought Snodgrass was outstanding. But, James, you don't look... I was going to say, because weirdly, I want to bring James in here, because, Will, I wouldn't say extreme so, but you're more up and down than James after games. This was dry. This, this was a disagree. much better... Before. Absolutely No, but disagree. James, I feel like, it's just like, this is what I've come to expect. This is West Ham. I feel like maybe the last few weeks, James is a we, little bit more placid. Well, you're there after Palace. He hasn't been here for two He's weeks. Knackered. Goodness sakes. Yeah, no, do you know what? I is that wanna, right, James? I, 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 yeah, I, suppose, I suppose it is right. Absolutely. I suppose it is right. Fallacy. Well, look, um, you wouldn't meet him for a drink, so J- James is just very easy going about it all. Yeah, I, I, I do want to touch on something <laughs> that John Joe said there about Pellegrini uh, and the whole Pellegrini and Pellegrini out. Mm. That's not true, that, is it? That's dross. 
That is dross, right. That's it? dross. I've seen a lot of it go on on social media after after that game at the weekend. What? I've seen a Twitter account Pellegrini out. I mean, what's going on here? What? Gen- genuinely, I'd love to know what goes through these fans fans' minds. But this is what but I wanted we- to ask you both. Sorry, James. I want to bring it back to you because I've really interrupted you. But why do we see this knee jerk? Obviously, I know you said five games is good. Five games, you're not so good. Then you're back in the top six. And then I read you both that tweet earlier. I know it's a knee jerk reaction, and you you said you know we've got to expect it. Why do we see this then? Because we know Pellegrini's the man. We know we had that good start. It is still October, and it's only ten games played. <laughs> The fan, the fans, seething. The fans spent years, and rightly so, calling for a big name manager to come in, and they finally got one in Pellegrini. Finally got one. He's won the Premier League. He's managed some of the biggest clubs in the world. We finally got him at, at West Ham. What he's doing at West Ham, I have no idea. Still to this day, I don't know what he's doing at West Ham United. A, he's a brilliant manager. Okay. Some of his tactics have been a little bit questionable of late. But he's still... I, I mean, I, I don't think we've ever been in danger of going down. Even when we when we lost our first four games under him last season, there was no... Oh, God, we might go down here. I'm a little bit worried about what we... You know, we could mm. get relegated. Ever since he's come into the football club, we've spent wisely. The transfer windows have been, have been proactive. They've been well thought out. Um, they've been productive. The football's been a hell of a lot better than what it was under... Um, <laughs> Moyes and Allardyce. Moyes and Allardyce. Come back I to me on a tweet fan. about Moyes. Do you know what? I saw one fan after Sheffield United went, Allardyce would have won that game. That, right. And I, do you know what? Like, I washed my hands of it. I just, <laughs> When you've got fans saying Allardyce would have won that game, basically going, I'd rather have Allardyce back at the football club. I just don't know. I don't know whether we're coming or going anymore. Let me read this out for you quickly on that point, right? This is OCWHU, West Ham fan called Ollie. This tweet... I'd nearly threw my laptop out the window when I read You've this. just added him as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, so all I'm saying is, if Moyes had the money that Pellegrini has had to spend, we would be in the same position. And no, this doesn't mean I rate Moyes. <laughs> it's the fact that Pellegrini is massively overrated. No. Nah. I'd literally... His, his Twitter handle, OCWHU, he's obviously a West Ham fan. I nearly smashed my laptop up and I would have come after him for the money because what a ridiculous tweet. David Moyes... David Moyes' West Ham was the worst. I mean, no, Allardyce was worse. He was Allardyce Mark too. But it's ridiculous. Like People coming after Pellegrini now, it's they've, ridiculous. They, they've called for a big-name manager and they've called for a better style of football uh, after having to endure long-ball football under Moyes, long-ball football under uh, Allardyce um, and two not-very-big names you know, they're, they're safety net managers, aren't they? Absolutely. And we find we finally we got given nice, you know, nice taking football. Okay, recently the last four or five games, it hasn't been what you no know, what we were expecting. Um, but a lot of a lot of fans have got short memories. Four, four weeks ago, we were sitting in the top four, and everyone was like, "Oh, we're going to finish in the top four. It's brilliant." So <laughs> me, me. Uh, and, and then suddenly it's like, "Oh, I wish we had Allardyce. Oh, can we have Allardyce back? He would have beaten Sheffield tonight." I mean, what do we want? You know. You know, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, if you're David Gold and David Sullivan, because, you know, one minute the fans are having a go at him for not delivering what they've asked for, or what they promised. They deliver what they promised, what, 18, not even 18 months down the line, they're like, nah, get the old lot back. What? 
I mean, fallacy. It's a joke, fallacy. isn't it? Well, it's obviously, it is a joke, and this the, the, Pellegrini oh, app. But how big is is there a movement? How big is the, is the split on the fans? It's not big. I know it's, no, it's not it's, big. You just, you know, you get you get a few people that, you know, they they either say it for uh, just to annoy me most of the time because <laughs> <laughs> I get so upset with it, uh, or they just say it because they think they're clever. Or well, they think they know what they're talking about, and they don't. <laughs> or they genuinely believe the dross that comes out of their mouth. Um, and I think it probably is the latter. Uh, I just, I just don't understand it. I mean, you, you can't spend ages having to go at the board for not delivering on the promises, and then eighteen months, less than eighteen months after they've delivered on the promises, start wanting the old regime back. Like, what are you doing? Well, James is not happy at all. Neither is Will from the dross that some of the West Ham fans are saying. Talking about Pellegrini, uh, absolute nonsense. But next up, it is the bit you've been waiting for. It is the West Ham quiz. We've all got one, and we're not afraid to put it on display. Our opinions, that is. Share yours now at Love Sport Radio on Twitter or call us 0208 70 20 558. Love Sport Radio. Your fan station. You are listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with We Are West Ham, James Jones and Will Pugh. There's still time to get involved. Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us 0208 70 558. We want to hear from you and all your Hammers views this evening. But now it is time. Of course, it has to be the West Ham quiz. This is my favourite time of the week. Such a shame it starts at the start of the week and then it all goes downhill after then. But just very quickly, because you're both back in the studio, we've had two weeks off, two weeks of friendlies, but the competitive action kicks off and the scores are all tied. Will, can you quickly give us an update? Yeah, so obviously me and James haven't seen each other in the studio for a couple of weeks. Mm. Beforehand, there was a, a mammoth comeback from me, I'll be honest. I was 4-1 I was four one down Huge. weeks ago. Yeah, I've, I've clawed it back to 4 all, And just uh, just to re-remind everyone exactly how the quiz works. So each week counts as one round. It's best of three each week for who takes the, the round for the week, who takes the week. And on, uh, the, and on them scores, it is... It's 4 all at the moment. So it's four weeks all, isn't it, at mm. the moment, James? And yep. then we also just think... In the event of a tie at the end of the season, we're all keeping a total of the cumulative amount of correct guesses each player gets throughout the season. And in the tightest of tight margins, not only is it four all on weeks, it's also 12 all on overall points differential. So at the moment, we are dead even. So, so we're playing for, for a beer at Christmas, aren't we? we Initially, work, that's, we, yeah, we, yeah. We need to work out when that this cut-off date is for, for the Christmas beer. I think we need to... Because Christmas is coming up very quick. And we're going to probably have to invite Charlie as well. Yeah, I've got to get a beer, surely. It's a bit yeah. unfortunate, Christmas, isn't it? Ma- oh, be nice. but maybe yeah. if, well, if I don't a, know, because you're both always in hospo now, and I'll be done. <laughs> <laughs> if it's a draw, if it's a draw by the date we set, then Charlie, Charlie, no, Charlie's buying. Yeah, Charlie <laughs> buys it. Yeah. Fair, that's fair. Right. Well, this is time for the West Ham players quiz. Three mystery West Ham players, five clues per player. Obviously, the clues get easier as they get on. The first one to get the correct player wins that point for this round. We will start with the first player and the first clue. Signed on the 28th of January 2011 for an undisclosed fee. Clue number two. Manuel da Costa. Incorrect. If you'd have got that right, I would have, I would have walked out. <laughs> Clue number two. Two goals on full debut against West Brom. Clue number three. Denver Bar. That is correct. Oh. 
James Jones incredibly straight out of the blocks. Only two close. On that first player, it is 1-0. What, what are the rest of the kit clues there for Bar? Shirt number 21. Top scorer in 2010-11 season. Joined Newcastle in the summer of 2011 for free. Mm. Good shout, James. Well, there is two players left, which means will you do still have a chance at winning tonight? But James takes an early lead 1-0. Player number two, clue number one. Signed in 1998 for 1.8 million. Radachoyu. <laughs> no. <laughs> clue number two. Only goal came in the 5-0 win against Coventry in April 2000. Oh, see, my brother would get this because it was his first ever game, this 5-0 win at Coventry. Mm. Uh, 2000. Uh, Vladimir Lebent. No. Clue number three. I think we've already had him. Yeah, more potentially. Yeah, Clue number expect. three. Played 24 times for the club. Did you just say he scored his, he scored his only goal for the club in that 5 0 win? Yeah. <sighs> Can we find a friend? My brother would know. Yeah. Uh, but still two clues. And these two clues Nigel are. Nigel Winterburn? No. no. Dyed his hair, claret and blue. Javier Margas? Oh, I beat me to it. That's correct. Yes. That's why I said it was on those two clues, which means. Will said it was the t- the tightest competition you've ever seen. It is four four and currently thirteen all. This for the game <laughs> to go five four. This, this is will be the comeback this, of all comebacks. This, this is the pressure is on James. This is I, the I final like player. Really pressured. Just focus, James. I know you've had a lot of prosecco in hospo, but this is the one that matters. <laughs> I've been hospo in ages. <laughs> Will's been on it. It's very true. Final player. Clue number one. Started their football career in 1978. Oh, come on. They're getting easier, though, because they won the league title with Leeds in 1992. Signed for West Ham for 250k in September 1993. Scored on debut against Blackburn. final clue for the final player this evening for the winner played 51 games scoring 11 goals have a recap let's have a recap of the final player because the tensions are high in the studio no one wants to shout out an answer yet started their football career in 1978 won the league title with Leeds in 1992 Signed for West Ham for 250k in September 1993. Scored on debut against Blackburn. Played 51 games, scoring 11 goals. God. That's a difficult one, this one, isn't it? <laughs> what are we thinking? Illy Dimitrescu. That is incorrect. Oh, I thought you were about to say correct there. I was about to... Oh, God. It's very uh, difficult, this one. Have you got any more clues for I'm us, gonna, Charlie? I'm going to be honest... We're, clearly people are listening Matt Beadle was just texting and he has got the answer and he said I cannot believe that Will and James have not got this uh, he so now he's texted me for crying out loud <laughs> <laughs> and, Matt I'm sorry and, and sorry, I'll be honest he's a, he's a Man United fan so it's worrying 1978 uh, 1978 93 signed for West Ham in 93 uh, Matt's probably not the only one screaming at his right So, now, right? hang on. He's, he's Should just, do you want another clue? Yeah, go on. He, sorry, this is, sorry. Get hang on. Yeah. All oh, right, okay. No, go on. Yeah, yeah, no, go, go on. on. No, no, no. So I'm doing the maths wrong. This, this, is, this is a fairly prominent clue because you should be getting it straight on this. I, I think so. Ready? 
is married to actress Leslie Ash. <laughs> what? <laughs> you two don't know Leslie Ash? Who's Leslie Ash? Men behaving badly. Yeah, I know Leslie Ash, but I don't know. That it. makes me feel so much older. I can't believe this. No, I cannot believe go this. Go Leslie Ash. You know Leslie Ash? Yeah, no, yeah, no. Men behaving badly. Yeah, I know who Leslie Ash is, but I didn't know she's married to an ex-footballer. This is a shambles. We've got to get off there soon. <laughs> started. Come on, started Charlie. their career at Stoke City. In 1978, mm. I was minus 15 then. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, I mean, I, I why know. I know this? Played play, also played for Arsenal. Oh man! When did they play for Arsenal? 1982. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Liam Brady? No. No. Do you want the initials? I think we've got. We're going to have to. We've yeah, got, go we've got to look at the Newcastle game at some point. Yeah. Uh, L C. Lauren Courtois. This is ridiculous. No, I've give you the initials. I've give you the initials. Lee Chapman. That is correct. Oh, Have we struggled here? <laughs> Martin Atkins of the Cholton fan show has tweeted in and text me, uh, Martin, you were right. There's a Cholton fan and a Man United fan that have got it before. The We Are West Ham boys in the studio. James Jones and Will Pugh. I'm not, I'm not that clued up on players that started their career before I was even in thought ni- of. In 1978 Yeah, I mean, I was, bo- I was born in 88, so, I mean, I can't help that, can I? How do you not know men behaving badly, then? I know, I know, no, you got me wrong here. Yeah, I didn't know Leslie Ash was married to Lee Chapman. That That is not common knowledge. Must... That is not common knowledge. Please, someone, Martin, Matt Beadle, please help me. That is common knowledge. And I know what men behaving badly is. I know Leslie Ash mm. is, but no, that's not common knowledge. Oh, well, I'm, I'm being I mean, done here. Fair, I can't be having this. Fair play, Jonesy. Right. It's all gone wrong in the quiz. He's He's finally stopped. James is back in front. We will turn our attentions to the Newcastle game on the weekend. Hopefully, we'll score there because Aaron Stokes from the Daily Star Sport will be joining us. Giving your team a voice. Love Sport Radio. You are listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio. Well, I think they're West Ham. They say we are West Ham. It's Will Pugh and James Jones. They're not happy, but genuinely, people have been texting in, tweeting in. They got it before them, but it is James who does take the lead. We have to turn our attentions, though, to the game on the weekend, and it is Newcastle. And I'm delighted to say Aaron Stokes has joined us now. Aaron from the Daily Star Sport, and obviously, you know he's dulcet tones from the Newcastle Fan Show every Wednesday, 7 to 8. Aaron, thank you so much for joining us. A big game on the weekend uh, for both teams now. What are you making of it? Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of an interesting one this weekend. You know, two teams that are struggling to really find any momentum. Um, usually this would be a game where Newcastle fans are probably going into it thinking that, you know, it was probably going to be defeat, but based on the sort of West Ham's last sort of three, four games, and there, there's starting to be a little bit of optimism that maybe something could, you know, they could come away with something. Obviously, Newcastle haven't been very prolific themselves. Um, on the face of it, the, the draw on Saturday was a good result against Wolves, but it sort of masked a bit of a poor performance in the second half. So I think it'll be an open game. Um, it's a tricky one to call, and, you know, either side could probably come away with it on the day. Aaron, how buzzing are you guys for uh, to be signing Andy Carroll for your uh, treatment room in the summer, mate? <laughs> you know what it is? I sort of found myself pinching myself on deadline day because I found that I was the only Newcastle fan not excited by the news. You know, it was such a <laughs> PR move, such a PR move. Deadline day, 
Newcastle fans want players brought in. Who who else to bring in than Andy Carroll on a free? I mean, it, it got everyone, you know, on Tyneside excited. But on the, you know, if you delve deeper, it's just it was such a pointless signing. You know, you know, his fitness records obviously terrible. You know, there's a question that when he is fit, is he even still good enough for this level? Which you know he hasn't really shown at the minute. Um, you know, he's back. He's back injured again after only you know sort of making a handful of sub appearances. So. Like I say, I was sat on deadline day just sort of amused at how many Newcastle fans were happy at the at the signing. You know, they all want the fairy tale for him to come back and score 15 goals a season, but it just does not look like it's going to happen. And, you know, uh, it's a shame because, you know, Carroll was well-liked. He had a good first spell at Newcastle but, and could still be such a threat in this team um, with the players that he's got around him, but it just doesn't look like it's going to be a, a worthwhile signing. Aaron, that, that it feels a little bit like when we signed Joe Cole back. It's kind of like, ah, oh, that's the fairy tale would be lovely, but probably just not going to happen. I think the the only thing from your point of view is it's probably a little bit win win in that I think his basic salary is about a tenner a week, isn't it? With about fifty grand bonuses if he actually ever eventually gets on the pitch. But I think, you know, go on, sorry, go on. It is. I was just about to say it, it's a an unusual masterstroke usually that you know Newcastle at the top are very you know disorganised and not very well run but to get Andy Carroll in on a sort of pay to play basis is actually probably a masterstroke to be fair I think yeah I think from his point of view you'd have known as well obviously that um that you know that that was all he was going to get. I think, to be honest, from a West Ham perspective, it is a shame because I think we'd have he never really got a proper send off at the club. And for all the for all the jokes and memes there are about his injuries, it, it would have been nice to to give him a proper send off because we still had some good times with him at the club. Mm. One thing I've got my running order here. Uh, Sean Longstaff scared of getting murked by Declan Rice again, so got sent off on purpose against Wolves. What do you think about that? <laughs> I think that whoever's done that run and order tonight couldn't be more wrong. Um, you listen a lot, then, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the fact that people are talking about Rice above Longstaff is just a disgrace. Um, no, in general, I mean Long, Longstaff's obviously last game, last time they played each other last season at the London Stadium, there was that sort of. You know, who's the better player? Longstaff was just coming into a bit of form under Rafa Benitez. Rice has obviously had a, a fantastic 80 months for West Ham in England. So, I mean, yeah, two fantastic players. It's a shame Longstaff's not going to be in the midfield um, tomorrow. It's like, yeah, he just doesn't want to play against West Ham um, in London. I don't know what it is. But, yeah, it's going to be a miss, um, especially considering how him and Matty, uh, his brother, have been playing in the last couple of weeks. So, it's a shame. Aaron, talk to us a little bit about uh, Joe Linton. I mean, I know I know a couple of Newcastle fans from work, and you know they've been moaning for a long time about you know the lack of money that's been spent, and you know the lack of ambition from Mark Ashley and stuff like that. And then you know in the summer he spent forty million quid on Joe Linton, but it's not quite happened, has it? And I know form hasn't been great either, but you know is he really just you know just a lonely figure up front, or or is it just that he's he's not quite worth the money that you paid for him? I, th- I think there's been signs that there is a player there. Um, it's just, I don't feel like at the minute Steve Bruce's systems work very well. He spent so much of his time in the Newcastle shirt so far, just so isolated. You know, we need to get players closer to him. You know, we need to get players around him. And there's also the question that he's not actually an out-and-out goal scorer. You know, a lot of people that watch him in the Bundesliga have said he's a lot like Bobby Firmino and he's very good at the sort of hold-up play and he can sort of bring other players to it. But in front of the goal, he's not very prolific. Um, 
obviously Newcastle fans, like you say, have been desperate for the club to spend money. So obviously seeing a £40 million signing coming in was something to get excited about. But it just looks like, you know, they've splashed all this money on players that, you know, aren't going to work in Steve Bruce's system. Um, and I think if we are going to see the best of Jonathan, he either needs to be changed positions, but he's got another striker alongside him, um, maybe Dwight Gale, or he needs to be maybe moved out wide um, because it just doesn't look like it's going to work for him up top. He's brilliant at holding the ball up, um, but he just doesn't seem to have anyone you know, popping off him. I think we need to get Armour on and St. Maximum close at home if we're going to get the best out of him. Aaron, that was an interesting one in the week, actually, on, on Joe Linton, because I also heard that there was a story came out that he's actually, Newcastle, a bit worried that he's a bit lonely in the city as well, and that Steve Bruce is encouraging him to to get his family over, which, he, although he did live on his own in, in Germany as well, there, there's a bit of a concern at the club that he's a bit lonely. But one one interesting thing, I say my, my boss at work, he's also a Newcastle fan. I was chatting to him earlier, he's come to the game at the weekend, and we were, we were talking about away pubs and things like that, and we're just wondering, I know it was tongue-in-cheek about the Declan Rice Longstaff stuff, but we were saying how there's never... There's always seemed to have felt like there's a bit of mutual respect among Newcastle and West Ham fans, mainly given, I think, if, we, if we're speaking frankly, that sometimes you know we've got a big fan base and we're, we're always both desperate for our clubs to do better than they are. We all seem to be a bit disappointed at how the clubs run sometimes and whether, whether our fans would like to hear it. Sometimes there's a question among other football fans that we, we perhaps think we're bigger than we are. With the Declan Rice Longstaff stuff last year that sort of came out of nowhere, what's the feeling in Newcastle at the moment about that, that feeling between the fans at the moment? Is that mutual respect still there or has that changed a little bit? Yeah, no, I, th- I think you've hit the nail on the head there with what you're saying about the fact that they're two clubs who, from an outside point of view, you know, look a bit self-entitled. But I think Newcastle fans and West Ham both know that, you know, that their opposite sort of number are clubs that could progress, you know. Both West Ham and Newcastle have got fantastic stadiums um, in, a, in a perfect sort of location in their cities. They've got reasonably good squads. You know, they can attract big players. But for whatever reason, you know, mainly probably in the, the two sets of ownerships, the club just haven't really pushed on. You know, they haven't managed to bridge that sort of gap between finishing 10th and finishing 7th, you know, which I think fans of both clubs realise could happen um, if, you know, maybe the ownership was a bit better or, you know, they've signed better players or, or it's just been a bit well run. So I think, we yeah, still, we still like each other then. Yeah, I mean, well, I've, I've got no problem with West Ham fans. I, you know, I work with West Ham fans, I drink with West Ham fans. So I think if I said anything on the radio, I'd probably get deleted from some group chats. But <laughs> no, I, I, I agree with what you're saying completely. Well, Aaron, I know how you normally feel before Newcastle games, but what do you feel ahead of this one? And what is your score prediction? Um, Newcastle don't, don't have a very good record in London um, away from home. And usually, you know, going to West Ham would be a tricky one. But there's just something about the way West Ham have been playing the last couple of games gives me a little bit of hope. So I'm going to go for 1-1. 1-1, sitting on the fence there, Aaron. It's always good to speak to you. Aaron Stokes there from the Daily Star Sport. Uh, He was going for 1-1, which would be two 1-1s in succession for obviously West Ham and Newcastle, because Newcastle 1-1 against Wolves. James, how do you think the game will play out and what is your score prediction? Uh, I I reckon we're going to win this one. I think of late we've had a pretty good home record against Newcastle. I think, mm. particularly since we moved into the stadium, um, I'm going to go for 
I can't see them scoring. I'm going to go. They're struggling to score two nil. But you know, we just said Joe Linton looks like a, a lost figure up front. <laughs> yeah, He'll rock yeah. up and score five, won't he? <laughs> but this is, this is just before we get Will's uh, prediction. This is another game for you where you know want to be winning these winnable games. This is another test, isn't I it? Mean, as I said earlier, you know, we, we don't we don't beat teams enough. Mm. Uh, and when I say beat, I mean actually beat them. It's, you know, given the situation that Newcastle are in, we should be winning this four nil. We won't. We'll probably win it two nil. Or maybe scrape a one nil. I don't know, but I think we'll win. Three points is three points, though. Will, what do you make, and what is your prediction? Well, in the hope of carrying on my hundred percent two in two perfect score prediction record, I think it's going to be another. Gr- <laughs> Even though there's <laughs> been ten games, <laughs> no, two, two, and two. If you two and two. I've got one last week, so I'm, I would be two and two oh, if we got this right. right. Yeah, if, if we, okay. I've got to grab on the summary. <laughs> I lost count the, the ones quiz. you've won. Yeah, so exactly. If West Ham did that, we'd have won everything <laughs> yeah. by now. No, I think another. I'm gonna th- honestly, I think it'll be another pretty grim game. I think they're going to come and sit load of men behind the ball. I do feel like we'll have enough. I still think we're good for conceding the goal, so I'm going to go 2-1 West Ham. 2-1, he's giving Newcastle the go. But both men are saying that West Ham will get the three points this weekend. Either way, we'll be here next week as we are every Tuesday, 7-8 to 8, on the West Ham Fan Show with We Are West Ham, Will Pugh and James Jones. We will catch you next week. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Sports Social Podcast Network.